We're starting today a brand new series that we're very excited about. We do a series every month here, and we pass out the notes to make sure you have those. And today we want to talk about the unstoppable God, the unstoppable God. How many is glad you serve a God who's unstoppable? Amen? Amen? And um, here's what I want to let you know. I'm not going to try to take four weeks. And how many will just go ahead and give me the clarity here and the clearance to go? I don't need to take four weeks to prove to you that God's unstoppable. Amen? You got that part down or you wouldn't be here, right? What I want to do is take four Sundays, and we're going to talk about four areas of our lives that God wants us to help him become unstoppable. All right? That he wants to make unstoppable in and through us because he is already unstoppable. And today I want to talk to you about the unstoppable church, the unstoppable church, all right? Because God's ultimate plan in impacting the world with the kingdom is his church. He established it that way. How many is thankful for your church? Amen. And, and let me just say the church is not us. The church is far bigger than us. We're a kingdom church and we re, we're relational with many great churches in this city and then around the nation and the world. By the way, Kathy and I will be getting on a plane in the morning. We've been highly honored to be invited by Pastor John Hagee, you know, the little church over in San Antonio. And, and he has selected eight pastors to spend a day with and pour his life into. And we're one of those. So we don't know how that happened, but we're taking it. Amen. And uh, we, we are a great... Pastor is a great friend to our family, and, and so this we're getting on a plane in the morning, going to spend a whole day with him and his wife Tuesday, and tomorrow night with a group of pastors, we're going to be roundtabling with them and just bringing back more vision and, and ready to get ready, man, for 216 to be the greatest year in the history of our life in this church and you, amen? And so understanding that, that God, he, he's got a church bigger than us, and we're a part of something that's massive, and, and here's what I want you to understand. God has provided everything the church needs to be unstoppable, totally effective in fulfilling his mission and plan on this earth of reaching every unsaved and lost person that we can possibly reach. All we have to do is embrace his purpose and plan in doing that. And we become equally unstoppable as the church of Jesus on this earth. Do you know there's two groups, two groups of people that Satan absolutely hates and he's been trying to destroy and stop from the beginning of time. Number one is the nation of Israel and the Jewish people. He's tried through Pharaohs and everyone else to try to shut that little nation of Israel down and destroy her. And he's still trying today through all this anti-Semitic propaganda and political powers. But you know what? He hasn't won and he still won't win because the nation of Israel is unstoppable because they are representing the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and we're a pro-Israel church. And then the second area that Satan hates and he's been trying to destroy from the beginning of times, the church. Amen. He has tried from the beginning to shut the church down because he knows the church is God's vehicle of impacting the world. And he's tried from the beginning of time to silence the church, but as much as we see laws changing and things happening to silence the Christian church, you can't silence us. You can't shut us down. You can pass all the laws you want. You can, you can do everything you want. You can threaten and you can even put us in prison and we'll start the biggest prison ministry America's ever seen. You can't silence the church. And so I want to talk to you today about the unstoppable church because Jesus said on this rock himself, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Why? Because I'm an unstoppable God and I have an unstoppable church. You can't stop this. How many glad you're part of that church today? Amen? Amen? And so 
here's what I want to show you. We often talk about Jesus answering our prayers. How many is thankful he does? But I want to talk to you today about us answering his prayer. Because Jesus prayed a prayer that the answer is dependent on us. And if we answer this one prayer that Jesus prayed, we become the unstoppable church. Here it is. Let's read it. It's in your notes. My prayer, Jesus talking, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I in you. Watch this. May they also be in us so what the world may believe that you sent me. I have given them, the church, the glory that you gave me. That makes us unstoppable right there. I have given them everything you have given me. Come on, can you get that in your heart right now? God has given us, the church, everything he put in his son Jesus. That makes us unstoppable. That they may be one, say that with me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. Now here it goes. May they be brought to complete unity. There's the key right there. May they be brought to complete unity. Why? To let the world know. There's our mission. There's our purpose, to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. You remember, I mean, anybody here have kids or had kids that's grown? Remember one day would you be on that long trip and they're in the back seat going, Mommy, he touched me. Daddy, he's on my side. Mommy, he got my toy. Daddy, he, anybody remember those days? Just yin, 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 yin. You just want to lock them in the trunk and head on down the road, right? Or just drop them off at the next rest area and go have some fun. Anybody remember those days? <laughs> or just give them away. <laughs> and then when they finally grow up and they treat each other like siblings, like they really actually love each other, you know, it's like they finally, they finally get it. And can you, can you see God looking down out of heaven at his church today? Here in the church, go, nya, 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 nya. They, they offended me. They, they said this. Oh, I saw that on Facebook. I can't go to that church no more. Just nya, 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 just nya, nya, nya. Just, Daddy, they're on my side. Daddy, they hurt me. Daddy, they offended me. Can you see God in heaven going, don't make me come down there. Do not. Just don't, don't make me come down there over this trivial stuff. And here's what I want you to understand. We serve an unstoppable God when we understand the prayer that he asked us to answer. And when we answer this prayer by our life and the life that we live, we now become an unstoppable church with him. And I want to share some things, three things that this unstoppable church must recognize if we're going to fulfill the unity, the vision, and the purpose of God. Number one is that we have one enemy. We have one enemy, and it is not the person sitting next to you. You see, you only have one enemy. You do not have many enemies. Some of you think you do. But you only have one enemy. Your enemy is not your spouse, even if you're going through stuff. And and by the way, next Sunday, I'm going to talk about the unstoppable marriage. And whether you're single or married, you need to be here, because if you're single, I'm going to save you some pain. 
And if you're married, we're going to help fix yours. Because God's greatest witness to society is the marriage of two believers and their family as a witness to the glory of God on the earth. Amen. That's why the enemy is trying to destroy your marriage so much. All right? And so here, here's what I want you to see. We do not. Your spouse is not. Your ex-spouse is not your enemy. Your children, though, you want to loan them out are not your enemy. Your boss, your coworker, your neighbor. You see, our enemy is not the church down the street that does church different than us. Our enemy is not the black man or the white man or the Asian or, or the Spanish man. Our enemy is not the Democratic or the Republican Party. Those are not my enemies. Anytime you let anyone or anything other than Satan become your enemy, you're out of focus and become disconnected to both truth and your purpose. Behind the hurt and pain caused by the individual or the organization is your true enemy. And here's your enemy, Ephesians 6, 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, people. It's not where our enemy's at, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. You only have one enemy in his name, Satan, the devil. And until you identify your enemy, you're fighting a battle against the wrong people. Amen. And we've got to realize that all of the struggle that is coming against you is this, and you hear me say it, and I've got to hurry, is that it's not you that Satan wants to destroy. It's God's purpose inside of you. It's God's plan, his ultimate plan inside of you. And if he can hurt you by someone else, now your focus is on someone and not your enemy, and you miss God's purpose in your life on this earth. Can I go ahead and say this to you today? That any time you let anyone else become your enemy, they become your excuse. Some of you need to get that right there. That's worth coming to church for, and we haven't took an offering yet. Amen. Anytime you let anyone become your enemy other than Satan, they become your excuse for your failure. I never got where I would be because of they're not your enemy. You have one enemy. Number two, God said not only do you have to recognize you have one enemy, if you're going to be the unstoppable church, you've got to have one heart. You've got to be people of one heart. Can I say this in many? This is what society has not learned yet. But you can be in unity without uniformity. You can have unity without uniformity. How many's glad everyone in here didn't dress the same today? How many's glad we didn't send a notice and so everybody wear blue jeans, red shirt, white undershirt, black shoes, and everybody dressed the same? How many's glad we didn't do that? How many's glad you look around? There's different stuff going on in here today, all right? Okay, and how many's glad you came to a church where everybody's not the same color, same social standing, same culture, same background, but there's a diversity in who we are. That's what heaven's going to look like, so it's what the church should look like, and, and that's who we are, but here's what you got to understand. God's saying here's some principles that have to take place if you're going to become the unstoppable church. Don't expect everybody in the church to think like you. Because there can be you don't have to have uniformity to have unity. I don't have to agree with you, and you don't have to agree with me for us to be in unity over the purpose of the kingdom. You can, this is messing people up, but you can be in unity and still be Democrat and Republican. And even an independent can get in the middle and still be the unstoppable church together. We don't have to be divided, but do you not see what the enemy's trying to do? 
He's trying to get us to focus on the trivial things that divide us rather than Jesus saying, I have one prayer and that's come together and be of one heart. And if you answer my prayer, you become an unstoppable church. Remember when our kids grew up? Because when we were growing up, we, Kathy and I, we've been married 35 years, great years, but we're different because when my kids would get stupid, anybody's kids get stupid? You know, you're on restriction for life. I put them on the street. Kathy would come back behind me and go, that ain't happening because they ain't staying in this house with me. <laughs> you better come up with another plan. And can I tell you, God's that way about the church. Don't, don't come to the church and have this mis, unrealistic thought and idea that I came to a church as a Christian place and everybody in there is perfect and, they're gonna, and I'm never going to get disappointed because that's just not realistic. If you and your two at home can't do that, don't come here with 550 of us and expect it to happen. You've got to be of one heart. When you're of one heart, you don't divide over your differences. You strengthen yourself by them. Number three, and there's scripture in your notes on these. I, on that, I, I had a dream Thursday night. I was watching Jabin so Brad and Ashley could sleep some. So he's been having some trouble at night sleeping and I was in the bed, and he was bouncing around, you know, and, and then we both finally went to sleep, and I had a dream. And I'm not a dreamer. I'm not a big dreamer, and, but I had a dream, and it was so real. But I dreamed I came in the building, and two people were up here robbing us. And they were getting our stuff from behind the wall, and I walked in, and, and they started running out the door, and I stood in front of the door, and I began to talk to them. And, and I was like, why are you here? And they began to tell me their needs. And without anything, all of a sudden, the doors just swung open. And I saw hundreds of you coming in through the doors with items in your hand and cash in your hand and things in your hand. And you walked up and just started blessing these two people that were robbing us. And they were blo just blown away. And so was I. <laughs> and God spoke to me, that's what my church looks like. That's what my church, when I, I don't see reasons to divide me, the only difference between me and them is that they're in a crisis right now that I'm not, and they haven't been taught to make the decisions that I've been taught to make. And we showed them what the church, are you, you getting, I'm not saying go bless everybody that's robbing somebody, okay? But I'm, you, yeah, let me go find somebody breaking the law so I can bless them. That's not the principle of that. It's God saying the church looks different than the world. And in our differences, we still get to fulfill our purpose. Number three is we have one purpose. There's one purpose for the church. It's not millions of purposes. We have one purpose. People are going to heaven and they're going to hell. We have one purpose to make a difference in that. Amen. To make sure that every person we can makes it to heaven. And they don't spend eternity in hell. Everything else is trivial. It's a part of it. It's important. But it's not the purpose. It's the means of fulfilling the purpose. Corinthians 1.10 says, Let there be real harmony among you. I plead you to be of one mind, united in thought and in purpose. You see, as I said, if you think your family of two, four, six, or eight, you can't get along perfectly all the time. Don't think five, five, fifty of us is going to. We're going to disagree. We're going to see stuff on social media that goes, Ah, that hurts. I wish they hadn't have said that. I, I'm on there all the time calling people, get that off. Why even put stuff, why, why take the chance to offend? Don't put personal stuff like that on there. You know, and, and, and we try to monitor that. And, and it's not the teens, it's adults. And, and <laughs> go, get, go figure. Anyway, 
But I'm saying don't, don't think that you're going to have two of you and then kids join because we still have kids in the church too. We have adults in the church too. And, and, and it's not going to be perfect, but you can be in unity without being uniformity. And you do that when you come into this place of purpose. There's one purpose. Purpose helps others to know God, find freedom. Here's our purpose is we want to help people know God. Man, we want people to come here and know Jesus. That's number one purpose. Number two is we want to help them to, to find their freedom, to get that place where they're finding deliverance in their life, and we're going to help walk them through that. It doesn't have to happen in a day, though it can. And then we're going to help them discover their purpose and, and find who they are and the redemptive plan of God in their life. And, and then we're going to help them learn how to make a difference in the lives of others. That's the purpose of Transformation Church, salvation, deliverance, redemption, fulfillment. We've got a purpose, a, a strategic purpose placed before us. And God says, if you want to be the unstoppable church, here it is. Here's the things that I'm telling you. This is what, these three things is what the church should look like if it's going to be unstoppable. What is it? Number one, understand we have one enemy. Be of one heart and have one purpose. So what's the practical side of that then? And so there they are in a nutshell. That's what the church, how many is thankful you have a church that I praise like that, that you're a part of today and that's helping change your life and my life? Amen? Amen? And, and how many knows we can get a whole lot better? Amen. We can always get better. And our staff is meeting, and I don't know how you're feeling, but I'm feeling it right now, man. I believe we're about to move into a season in 2016 that's going to be explosive. With all that we're seeing going on in society, and we're seeing what's happening in the church, I mean, the church is growing unbelievable, and we're going to talk to you about that in just a moment. And we're seeing God literally transform people's lives. I mean, transforming lives and marriages and families. And, and we're watching God do unbelievable things. And I believe 216, man, is going to be off the roof for us. I really, really do. And that's where this message is coming from. So here's the practical side. So God says, here's three things that the unstoppable church should look like. I want to give you four steps on making that happen. Because my goal as a pastor is to not just come and preach at you and, and tell you what we should do. I, I always try to come up intentional to go, here's what the Bible says we should be doing. Now, here's how we do it. We always try to bring that in to make sure that we're not throwing all this stuff on you. And then you go home and go, I feel beat up, wore out. He told me everything to do, and I don't have the slightest idea how to do it. We want you to know how to do it. And we try our best to bring that into every message that we preach here. So here's how you do it. Four levels in walking out our purpose as the unstoppable church. Number one is you need to choose to belong. Amen. You need to choose to belong. And I call that membership. Membership. As long as you have a prenuptial plan, you will never commit to anything. You see, we got that penuptial idea from society that goes, well, we'll go into marriage, but we'll go ahead and put it in writing. If it don't work, we go our way. People have that same mindset with a church. Well, I'll go as long as it's doing what I think it should do, and I'm happy, and I'm getting what I need, and then, you know, you need to make a commitment somewhere. That's commitment. That one word just freaks people out today. And we've got to come, and, and, and you need to belong somewhere. The banana that gets separated from the bunch is going to get peeled. And as long as you're in that cluster, there's protection, safety there. But you break that banana off and stick it on the counter in my house, it don't have a chance. Right. I, my kids would grow up, and we'd have clusters of banana turn black. 
Nobody wanted one. But you break one off and put it on the counter, gone. And that's what the enemy wants you to do is disconnect from the cluster and never commit to a relationship and a commitment to the kingdom and the church because there's where your safety and protection is at. And so the enemy doesn't want you to become that member. The reason that, that, that many won't commit to a relationship and marriage today is they've been hurt in a, a previous one. And the same idea comes into the church that many don't want to make that level of commitment into the church and belong because they were hurt at another church. And I'm going to go ahead and clear the air right now. If you came here looking for a perfect church, you messed that up when you came in. And it was already messed up when I started pastoring it because it was perfect because no one existed in it until I said, okay, and the day I started this church with just me, it became imperfect because I just messed that up. And, but you've got to come and realize that many don't want to make that level of commitment because I don't want to get hurt again. You will never reach the visions and the purposes of your life until you risk hurt again. Amen. And disappointment as a means of belonging. You can see, I dated Kathy for six years. I met her when she was 14. I dated her for six years, but to have the benefits of the family, I had to make the commitment of the marriage. Because the marriage brings benefits that you can't have without that level of commitment. Amen. Are you with me? And can I tell you, there's 30 verses in the Bible. In the New Testament, there's 30 verses that are disqualified if you're not a member of a church. You can't participate in them because they were written with the assumption that you are an active member of a local church. And that's the only way you can partake of them. Can I tell you, there's benefits in the scripture of belonging to a house of worship, of belonging to a church family, just as I have benefits with my family that I could not have without that commitment. And I want to challenge everyone in this church. Ephesians 2, 19 says, you are members of God's very own family and you belong, say belong, you belong in God's household with every other Christian. So how do you belong at Transformation Church? It's very, very simple. It's a thing called Grow Track. Has anybody ever heard of that? Like every Sunday? Yeah. Grow Track, we have it. Matter of fact, it starts tonight, 101. What a perfect time for you to come if you've never been at Grow Track. It's three Sunday nights, that's all we ask, is that you come and commit three Sunday nights. Be here at a quarter till six, and we have food. Food, say food. We have good food, too, at our grow track, man. Our cooks can cook, all right? And we have food, and we have child care. And, and from quarter till till 6, we eat. And then around 6.05 till about 7.15, we're going to share with you the vision of the church. Who are we? And, and we're going to take you through three Sunday nights of understanding you, helping you know who you are. Find your purpose in God. Connect with a body of believers if this is a church you feel to come to. And let's go make a difference in the lives of other people. You belong. You find out how to belong at Transformation Church by going through Grow Track. Number two, then you must be willing to share. If you want to become the unstoppable church, you become willing to share, and I call that friendship. Being part of a family is a give and take event. How many found that out? Because when I was single, I went where I wanted, Amen. when I wanted, Amen. as long as I wanted. Amen. When I got married, that ended. There's some give and take in there. She blesses me to go to Kentucky and hunt for 10 days every November because I bless her to go shop while I'm gone Amen. with a certain limit. 
I take all the credit cards and the checkbook, and I say, go for it, baby. Just have fun, all right? All right? But you got to give and take, and, and that's what being part of an unstoppable church is, is understanding that you're part of a family, and in that there's friendship, there's sharing, and we do that at Transformation Church through a thing called small groups. And, and we're excited about our small groups. Over 250 of you are now in small groups this semester, and life change comes through relationship, through friendships. And I want to challenge you, get into a small group. Our desire is to see 100% of this church eventually in a small group somewhere throughout the week, building relationships, people you can talk to. You can't raise your hand in here and go on a Sunday and go, I didn't understand that. You can in a small group. You ask questions. You answer questions. You build relationships. One of the joys of me watching our small groups work is over 80% of my counseling has gone away because it's being taken care of through relationships, marriage small groups, friendship small groups, making crafts together, doing refit together, exercising together, golfing together, fishing together, and talking and asking questions and building confidence and getting answers that I used to have to go get from the preacher. It's called family. And family can talk about anything. And we care. And I want to encourage you, and this is what Jesus is saying. How many wants to become this unstoppable church? It's not going to happen through Sunday morning experiences only, though these are important. It's going to happen by the level of relationship we build outside the church. And I want to encourage you, go on our website if you're not part of a small group and just look them up and make a phone call and get connected. And we want you to connect with a small group. And next semester, we'll be announcing more and more. We have 27 this semester. We're looking at having 30 to 40 next semester. And just keep getting connected because God wants you to share. How do we do that? It says in Acts 2.44, all the believers met together constantly and shared everything. The believers met constantly together and they shared everything with each other. That's not just their stuff. It's what they were going through. And and here's what I want to show you. is three areas that that they shared. And number one is they shared in their homes. And and, and we meet outside the church. That's why we have our our small groups outside the church building because we want you to do it as a family. And and they meet in homes and they meet in businesses and they meet at parks. And and some meet here because we need the nursery and the the child care for the special like the the marriage couples and, and all of those things. But we meet outside because the Bible teaches us the early church did it that way. And in that, they added to the church daily, not just on Sunday, but daily the people that should be saved. And can I tell you, we're having that happen in our small groups now. People aren't waiting for Sunday to come to Jesus. They're getting saved in the small groups. It's our experiences. Small groups let you share your experiences that that you're telling your story that you can't do here on a Sunday morning. You get to tell what Jesus is doing for you. And, and, And then number three is you get to talk about your problems. How many besides me have some problems? Only four of us. This church is doing way better than I thought. I'm doing a good job as a pastor. Only four people in the whole church is having a problem. <laughs> no, I like the other hand for better, okay? The first, now we get into the truth. And the other third of you that still hadn't raised their hands got a lying problem, okay? <laughs> with small groups is where you can talk out your problems with people you can trust. I had it happen just this past two weeks ago when 
Uh, I have a small group that I run on Wednesdays with men. We do a lunch together, and, and God's really gelling that group of guys. And there's about 8 to 12 of us meet each Wednesday up here at Denny's at 12 o'clock, just a promo in there, you know. And uh, it's, it outdoes any women's lunch going on in the church. And uh, anyway, <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in so a woman would start one. Anyway, and um, no, but uh, these guys, but men, relationship happened. And one of them looked at me the other day. He said, Pastor, you look tired. I said, I am. And he said, what's going on? And, and I said, you know, just stuff, you know, just some stuff. Got two pastors we're working with, one of them suicidal, and, you know, my grandson's stuff, my brother's stuff. And he said, come on, let's go out in the parking lot. We stood in the parking lot. And this brother, for 40, 45 minutes, man, poured his heart into me. Amen. He did for me what no pastor friend I know could do. It was a brother in the church. Because a relationship. It was a friendship that I could pour my heart out. And he cares for me. And I know he does. That's what small groups do. And God's saying that's what, that's what makes my church unstoppable right there. Is you don't have to wait till you can get into the pastor's office. you got a friend you can call right now. Amen. And they'll stand with you through your troubled time. Amen. You with me today? Amen. Number three, how, how do I make the church unstoppable? Number three is do my part. Amen. Do my part. That's partnership. Partnership. In a true relationship, everyone has a role to play. Can I say this to you today, and everybody watch me for a second? None of my children were allowed to live in my house, eat my food, sleep on my bed, though it's in their room, watch my TV, spend my money, and do nothing. Just ain't going to happen. You're going to do something as a part of the responsibility of this house if you're going to get the benefits of it. Now, I'm going to mess some of you up, and some of you young people are going to hate me right now, but we never paid our children an allowance. I am not paying you to enjoy the benefits of my house. So you're eating my food for free, sleeping in my bed for free, watching my TV for free, using my electricity for free, and I'm supposed to pay you to take out the garbage of the leftovers of the food that I paid for? Now, I know our teens are hating me right now. I feel the hate. I feel the hate. Now, I'm not telling you how to run your household. We rewarded them. I remember the day, today, I can take you to the day that I drove up at my house and my son Brad was mowing the grass for the first time in his life without me making him. Amen. I built an altar in the front yard. <laughs> <laughs> he finally gets it. There's a responsibility to live here. He's eating, my God, $100,000 worth of food. He ought to do something. Can I tell you, that's what we do at church a lot. Is we want the benefit of the family, but we don't want to contribute to making the family work. Now, I'm thankful to pastor a church that doesn't think like that. We have over 120 to 150 people that serve on our dream team here every Sunday morning, serving somewhere on these grounds. But can I be honest with you today? And I'm not supposed to do this. I'm not begging. I'm going to share Honestly, today, this church has outgrown our dream team. We're growing that fast. 
I've got people that are serving two services right now, many places, because we haven't got that person that's made that commitment to contribute. And so I've got people serving, greeting at the door, and two services are sitting in one. Working in children's ministry, two services and coming in and sitting in one. Parking lot. People are out there killing themselves because the church is outgrowing the dream team. That's a good issue. That's not a complaint. But can I tell you, some of you that have already gone through growth track, you need to connect with your gift and contribute to the family because that's going to make us unstoppable. When the ministry becomes bigger than us, we become stoppable because now it's no longer a joy. It's a job because we're tired. I don't want anyone in this church serving tired. I want us out there serving with fullness of joy, loving what we do. And can I challenge? This isn't a rebuke today. This is a challenge. I want to challenge you today. I want to ask you, what has this church given to you and your family? Is it a safe place for you? Does it feed you? Does it help you? Does it encourage you? And, and, and if you don't feel to, you're still welcome here. It's not like we're going to take a note and go tell that person to leave. That ain't what it's about. I just want to tell you, many of you have amazing gifts. Sitting in this room right now in front of me are some of the most amazing. I'm not just saying this because you're here. Some of the most powerful, amazing people. If Jesus took the 12 he had and turned the world upside down, we can conquer Pensacola with what I'm looking at right now. If we don't have the other two services, and we still have them to add in. If only you and I connect with the passions and the gifts, and that's what we want. I had a pastor call me the other day, and we met. And he said, I just had two of my leaders quit. And I said, what happened? He said, they're, they said they're burnt out. I like to fell out of my chair because I hate that word because I'm a workaholic. And I understand that. And I don't expect everybody to give to the percentage that I give, but I do expect them to give something. And I said, burn out. He said, yeah, they said the ministries burn them out. I said, burn out. I said, they work five days a week eight hours a day, 40 hours at a job and don't cry burnout and they work two hours one day a week at church and they're burnt out? I said, this is not burnout, my friend. It's one or two things. And number one, either they're having a severe spiritual battle and they got a God issue going on right now or they're serving where they're not gifted. And you're asking them to give a gift that they don't have. And you need to find out where their passion's at and then let them serve with that passion because now they're going to have fun doing what they're doing. You don't want to quit when you're serving where you're passionate. You want to do it every day. You, you with me? And so that's what Grow Track does is it lets us find your gifts and your passions because we want you serving where you're having a blast. I do not want you greeting in my parking lot if you hate people. I just don't. <laughs> Let me go on. All right. There's a whole list I was just thinking, but I ain't even going to go there. All right. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not in desperation up here because we're going to do it, but here's what I'm believing with all my heart. God's got us. We are, we are positioned right now to explode. I mean, to literally explode. And in April or in the spring, at Easter that month, we're going to do a massive relaunch in this church. And we're going to go way beyond the 600 mark. Way beyond. And it's going to be new converts. And we've got to be ready for them. 
And whatever your passion is, if it's greeting in the parking lot and parking cars or connect center or greeters or production team or wherever, just find your gift and go, where can I contribute back to the, and here's all it is, is come to one service and sit. You're sitting in the 10 o'clock. If this is the service you want to sit in and receive, do that and do nothing but receive. But come maybe at the 8 o'clock and serve in the 8 o'clock and wherever your gift is or stay and serve at the 12 o'clock and give a service to just give. Jesus said that this is the Lord's day. Not part of it. It is some good stuff. The amens aren't real good right now, but the preaching's dynamite. I'm just, you know. So I'm just challenging you. I'm not asking you to do this for me because I'll stay here and I I already told my team I'll do the parking lot at 8 o'clock and 12. I'll go do it in between services and I will. And I don't mind it. And I'll have fun, whistle, and do the whole orange cup thing and do it all. I don't care. I'll even sway a little bit. You know what I mean? It may run some people off, but you know, I'll do whatever we need to do. But here, here's the thing. All we ask is this. Sit one, serve one. Sit one, serve one. We're meeting with a big facility that we're going to be looking at that may be a potential new campus for us. We don't know, so don't go out and say anything. But I'm just telling you, if we get a church that will seat 1,000 people, we're still going to have two services because everyone in this church is going to have the opportunity to sit in one and do nothing but receive and sit in one and do, or stand and operate in one and do nothing but give. And that's what makes us unstoppable. If you're not serving somewhere, contact the office. Find out what your gifts or your growth track records are, and let's get on the team and let's make it work. Amen? All right? Here's, here's the next. I've got to wrap up. You with me? All right. Play a part. Play a part. And it's awesome what God is doing. Uh, Just show a real quick picture. We're going to run through these. And I'm going to... Little Pookie. Pookie, my man Pookie. All right. Pookie's one of our special needs kids. We have right at 30 special needs kids come to our church every Sunday now. Every Sunday. And, and here's the thing, it just keeps growing. We're meeting at 5 o'clock today with our special needs parents to go to our facility, our special needs room in the back. But here's the beautiful part. All of our special needs kids do not go to the sunshine room with the special needs ministry. Our kids zone has embraced them and the workers have made them a part, sign language, whatever the need, and we brought those that can function into our kids' zone so they're part of the ministry with our kids. Pookie's one of them. Mo asked him to close in prayer a Sunday months ago, and Pookie can't speak well, and some of the kids were, you know, how kids do, and, and Mo explained to them Pookie's position, condition, and, and the kids got very passive toward Pookie. He closes out. He won't let them in service now without him closing out in prayer. He can't speak well, but he bows his head. He hushes every other kid. He bows his head, and they can understand Jesus and God. Amen. And that's all they need to understand. And, and, and I don't have time to go through them all, but I just want you to know that there's spooky. I had pictures of other kids. I had pictures of Dave Bales and, and PJ that was playing. There's a whole family, a foster family of special needs kids that come here every service at 12 o'clock. We have two foster families that are fostering 14 special needs kids that bring them here. And they just informed us that there's multiple special needs families that are looking for a church that they can go to and be embraced with their children and they're coming here. PJ, PJ that was playing the guitar, Dave Bells that were playing the drums were both agnostic atheists 12 months ago. 
They denied the, that God was real. They, that God, they, they fought against all of that. And today they were teamed up playing worship to exalt the very God that they denied his existence 12 months ago. Can I tell you, God's transforming lives. And how many want to be a part of making that happen more and more and more? How many would raise your hand in closing and go, that's happened to me. That's happened to me. Just being around the friends here, being around the people here, being around the worship, being around the team, being a part of the family has transformed my life. It's going to get transformed more and more. And here's the last point in closing. Is be devoted like family. Be devoted like family, and that's kinship. Kinship. We're a family here. I want to tell you, my, my family's going through the worst nightmare of our life, and you know that with our grandson. I can't imagine, I cannot even comprehend going down this journey without this church. You have no idea the strength that you have brought to our family in this time. I, I told God the other night, I didn't know a man could hurt this hard and still be alive, holding my grandson going through seizures because I've always been able to resolve any issue and I can't fix this one. And to have a family around us that's praying and many of you have given that could and helped them now fixing to take him to Miami and you've helped finance that and the prayers, the love, the cards, the emails. Man, I thank God for this family. Can't imagine life without you. But that's the kinship that God brings in the family that makes the church unstoppable is that when one hurts, we all hurt. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. And there's something about a family, and that's we intentionally call this a family. It's not just a church. You're a family, man. You're my family. And God wants us to say, and he wants to say to us that when you understand that unity, that one heart, that one purpose, there's a kinship that comes within you. Because how many knows you can fight your brother, but don't let nobody else touch him? <laughs> oh, it's on now. You know, I can slap you, but don't let nobody else mess with you. You know, that's what, the, that's what God wants to create in us right now is that, you know what? You and I can disagree, but not nobody else mess with you. Because now you're messing with my family. And when we take these four points and we apply them to our life, we become the unstoppable church. How many will join me today and say, I'm getting ready because I believe God's up to something? Because you see, the church can only be unstoppable when you're unstoppable, when your family's unstoppable, when your marriage is unstoppable, when you are unstoppable. And guess what? God's getting ready to do some big things in your life too. In Jesus' name. You receive God's word today? Come on, let's pray. Let's give him praise. Bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you today this amazing church family I thank you for the honor that I get every week to stand on this podium and talk to these people my family thank you God for the many reports that we receive weekly throughout the week God of relationships and healings and miracles taking place that we had nothing to do with God is the body healing and helping and loving on the body so, God, I thank you today. And I just pray right now, Father, for those in here right now, that, God, that maybe they're outside the family and they, they know they need to make a decision today. And if you're here right now and you say, Pastor Dan, I'm, I'm here, and I know God's real, 
But I know right now that I need to make a decision with Jesus. I'm not where I need to be with him, and I want to be. I want, I, want to, I want to be back in the family. Pray for me. If that's you right now, would you just slip a hand up, and you can put it right back down. God bless you. I'm not going to point you out while hands going up all over this building. I'm looking at 8, 10, 12 hands right now. Would you pray this prayer with me? And, and I, I'm just feeling this in my spirit. Some of you, you came here today, and you have that prenuptial mindset because you've been hurt and let down by other churches. Can I tell you, just I want you to clear your mind today because you're not, this isn't about you just coming and becoming a part of us. You're becoming a part of a kingdom. And I want you to forget the hurts, forgetting those things which are behind. And I want you to begin to get ready to press forward to the things which lie ahead because God has amazing things for you. So, Father, I pray that you help us now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Jesus, I come to you now. You said in your word, I would come to you. Confess with my mouth that you are Lord. Believe in my heart that you raised from the dead. I can be saved. Right now, I come to you. I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I believe in my heart you raised from the dead. And I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You join me, let's give a hand clap to these that have prayed today. God bless you, God bless you.